I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Give us a call any time of the day or night or when we're broadcasting live if you want to be on the show. That's 508-444-2120. And you can also text the rapid fire line. Text your question in and we'll answer it on the air. Uh, we are now on Rumble and we got our handle back. So now across all platforms, we are at Cape Gunworks. So at Cape Gunworks along all social media. And we're broadcasting live on Rumble. So that's really exciting. Um, but we're on all the usual suspects as well. So wherever you like to find your social media uh, streams or news or whatever you go there for, you'll be able to find at Cape Gunworks uh, if you go there and also Rapid Fire Radio. So make sure you search for Rapid Fire Radio and uh, we'll be able to, um, you know, be found there and you'll be able to stay up to date with all the content that we release. Uh, We're really excited about, um, this is the last show before the new year and so we're happy to uh, be doing this. I, I don't even remember how long we've been at this now, but it's a two solid years now, I think, that we've been doing the radio show. And now we're switching things up for the new year. We're going to go to a long format um, in the second hour and have more in-depth discussions with guests. Um, the first hour will be news of the day and, and the listeners' questions and uh, answers, so to speak, and um, I'd like to go a little bit more in depth with a traditional like podcast type of experience and have uh, more than just a 15-minute phone call with or in conversation with a guest. So we'll be able to do that. And today in the second hour, you can look forward to uh, Dan Waz. He's a uh, Second Amendment writer for Ammo Land and also wrote a book uh, called uh, Good Gun, Bad Guy. And he's also a has his own podcast um, called the Loaded Mike Podcast. So we'll be talking to him in the second hour. I'm really excited. He's also a musician. So there you go. Um, he's in a you know interesting guy. Uh, he's a fellow entrepreneur, and he's been on the Sean Hannity Show and NRA TV and a bunch of other stuff. So it should be a good, interesting discussion with him. Uh, he's a fellow East Coaster. He lives in uh, Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna get into it with him. Uh, he's a good, very good advocate for the Second Amendment. He's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on. I know he's involved with the Second Amendment Foundation, and and uh, like I said, the book that he wrote, "Good Gun, Bad Guy," has three volumes. So a lot of reading there. So you can uh, 
check out his stuff if you go to goodgunbadguy.com and um, get caught up with Dan Waz. So anyway, um, a couple of things, some housekeeping issues, if you will, uh, before the end of the year. Um, some good news is that there'll be no introduction of any new s- gun control or uh, infringements upon your Second Amendment uh, in the current legislative sessions, which is really good news. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a, th- a thing for the next legislative uh, sessions to take up, and uh, hopefully that'll fall flat on its face and go by the wayside. Um, also, there's still all kinds of legal challenges, uh, legal gerrymandering, if you will, in the court systems about current legislation and also about stuff that has been passed but is being challenged. Like um, I know the Motion 114 in, out in Oregon has been granted a, a, a stay pending uh, further legal stuff so they're kind of in the status quo right now they can't enforce the magazine ban they can't enforce the uh permit to purchase or the permit situation because none of that's been uh fleshed out or vetted out plus there's all these legal challenges so um they're not enforcing any of that and i know even some sheriffs were saying um that they're not going to uh enforce it anyway uh, so there's a lot going on there, and I find this very interesting. And we mentioned this a little bit after the Grace Curley show yesterday. How um, I know it's been passed in the House and upheld in the uh, passed in the House Senate, and I think signed into law by the governor. And then it went to ballot initiative, and it passed by I think uh, six tenths of a percent, fifty point six percent of the people that voted in the ballot initiative uh, voted for. Uh, uh, for it. And so that was what made it the law of the land. But there's so much fleshing out of this. They're, they're tasking law enforcement with the issuance of the permits. And they're saying, we don't have staff. We don't have the, you know, infrastructure. We don't have this, that, and the other thing. Plus there's legal challenges of was any of this legal under the current, uh, atmosphere in a post Bruin Era. So we live in this post Bruin, post New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin uh, era now where you have to meet strict scrutiny. So if those things weren't in the text, the history, and the tradition of our country, then they're not going to fly. They're not going to hold water. They're not going to stand the test of time. They're not going to stand up to legal challenges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's the whole other side of the equation, and there's a lot of that going on. There's also uh, the Hochul, uh, you know, the the Governor Hochul, uh, if I can pronounce this guy's uh, um, name right, the Antinoch case in uh, New York, which is in similar straits, where they passed this uh, Concealed Carry Improvement Act, which doesn't improve it for anybody, um, but they passed this right after the Bruin decision where they want to be able to restrict your rights. They said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We want to be able to restrict people's right to keep and bear arms. We want to infringe upon them like we've been able to get away with for all these years. And basically... Uh, the the court said no, and so they changed it to try to get around it. And basically what it is is governments 
acting in open defiance of this Bruin decision. And there's, they know it's going to work its way through the court system. But tell me what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120 um, if you have an opinion on all this stuff. But there's lots of that going on. Um, I know that uh, the um, there's been challenges to the, the to the laws that were passed in New Jersey, in New York. Obviously, this motion 114 in Oregon. Um, there's been challenges to the uh, that one case um, with, that got thrown out for somebody who had an obliterated serial number. And in light of the Bruin case, they're saying, "Well, we we don't see this in the text, history, or tradition." of um of of the uh second amendment so we're throwing that out cuz guns didn't even have second uh serial numbers till the 50s or 60s in this country or required by law so anyway 508-444-2120 is the number we have a winner for last year last week's giveaway Ashley S look for an email from us you get the case of primed nutrition fuel and focus bars that we uh given away last week and we're giving away some brand new morale patches the rapid fire radio and the cape gunworks ones courtesy of g webs who hooked us up with getting those made so you can be the first one to have them uh, if you sign up at rapid fire radio and win we will be right back you're listening to rapid fire for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. 508-444-2120 is the number if you want to be on the line with us. And the poll of the day is what motivates you to buy a gun? Is it civil unrest? Is it new proposed gun control legislation? Is it for collecting purposes? Or is it other? Other is a big catch-all. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, at this point in my life, it's for collecting purposes. Because if I see a cool gun that I want to buy, that I want to own, that's why I buy it. That's what motivates me at this point. Um, but go ahead and vote on rapidfireradio.us or go to Twitter Type in Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and make sure you hit the follow button while you're there and vote in the poll, and you can see the results. Currently, they are, I believe, last time I looked, it was 100% have said other so far. So anyway, make your voice heard 
and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, we're going to go to the phones. We have Edling on the phone. Go ahead, Edling. How are you today? Hey, Toby. The, the name is actually Ron. It's Edwin. But, Edwin. Uh, sorry about that. Very simple. Yeah, that's a very simple question. Uh, so who is actually fighting to change the laws? Who's actually, who the, who's the person, the group, the organization that right now here in Massachusetts, I need to put my money ah. to help them out. And I need to put like my efforts and try to follow them and work with them to change the laws. So it's like eventually we want all the laws to be like Texas or like New Hampshire. So right. who should we fighting with to get to that point? You know, that's a very great question, Edwin. And I wish more people would ask that question. Where do I send my hard earned dollars to, to make it so that my second amendment rights count? And I would say there's three places that I would send it. Um, Gun Owners Action League is the state organization that is fighting for Massachusetts. So Gun, Owner, Gun Owners Action League, or GOAL as they're known, um, is doing great work. They're also very fiscally responsible about how they spend members' money. Um, then Firearms Policy Coalition is my next choice. They are working just about in every state in the union uh, to, to see our rights restored. Um, so that's FPC or Firearms Policy Coalition. Um, and then third or fourth, I don't really know what order I would put them in, is Gun Owners of America or Second Amendment Foundation, 2AF and GOA. Those are the two other organizations that I support. Um, and they're all doing great work. Um, they're all collaborating and working nicely together um, in some cases. Uh, but there's a lot to be done. And for the next 10 years, there's going to be some serious legislation uh, challenges in, in the court system. So great question, and uh hope that answers it for you. Are you in Massachusetts, Edwin? I am in Massachusetts, but I'm, a, I'm at a weird location because New Hampshire is just like five minutes away from me. I'm always thinking of like it'll be very much the ideal thing to actually just move to New Hampshire, <laughs> but I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's like the, the logistic and everything to do that and you change state just like that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, but, we have to. Uh, uh, I, I always feel envy for their loss over there. It's like five minutes away from here. Yeah. Well, we have to have some good people that are going to stay and fight. So I appreciate you, man. And we'll uh, keep up the good work. And thank you for wanting to get be involved in the fight. So that's great news. So uh, uh, continue. You, yeah. Continue to keep up the good work. And, um, yes, sir. Yep. God bless. Um, so, uh, that's a great question. You know, there's the, these legal challenges don't don't happen all by themselves. You know, I I know we. It's real easy to say, oh, these big war chests, you know, are from memberships and and from people donating, and also companies donating corporately. Yeah, that does happen, um, but. The best thing you could do is join these groups. Join Gun Owners uh, Action League. Join uh, Gun Owners of America. Join 2AF, uh, Second Amendment Foundation. Join FPC, but just become a member. And, uh, you know, that obviously isn't a whole lot of money to become a membership in these organizations that are really doing good work and putting their efforts out there, uh, you know, and supporting our right to keep and bear arms. And they hire lawyers that are really good at what they do. So 
Uh, and that's what we need because obviously if it's, if it's more economical to go work somewhere else and, and uh, you know, do malpractice law or slip and fall injury law and whatever else is, you know, uh, out there, I'm sure that makes a lot of sense financially to do that as a lawyer. But for the ones that actually jump in the fight and, and uh, make it their career's work or life's work to actually preserve the right to keep and bear arms against the tyrannical governments that want to uh, take it away. I mean, my hat's off to you, and I definitely, we need to support them because I'm sure they could be making a lot of money somewhere else, but they're very good at what they do. And, um, yeah, so, you know, my heart goes out to them, and I hope that they continue to do it and we continue to see massive wins um, because I would say, I think that someone said once that it costs about $2 million to bring a suit to the, uh, to the Supreme Court. So if you look at like the Dick Heller uh, cases and McDonald and this Bruin case, those, you know, obviously a lot of groups get involved, but that costs some serious money uh, to, to get there. So um, we can't rely on only corporate donations and we got to do our part. So that's my stump speech for the day. <laughs> but tell me what you think. 508 uh 444-2120 is the rapid fire line if you want to get on. And uh, some of the other news of the day is the, it looks like the pistol brace rule has been delayed. Um, the 2AF, the Second Amendment Foundation versus BATF in Texas um, has been delayed until January. Um, it was supposed to break today. It was supposed to come down uh, today or at least by the end of the week. Um, and it looks to me like it's going to be uh, not until uh, January. Uh, but they've given everybody a letter. The FFLs have been given this open letter. I never saw it. They didn't send it to us. Um, but apparently it's this open letter for you to just go on and search online. So if you want to look that up, um, you can look it up. But it pretty much lays out that any piece of plastic or aluminum uh, excuse me, this is, uh, I'm confusing two different things. There's two different things happening right now. One is the uh, the ghost gun, quote unquote, for lack of a better term. Um, it's really a self-made or homemade firearm. Uh, that is one of the things that came down yesterday. And that is a ruling on how it's, you know, what, what the declaratory uh, judgment is or, or what they're looking at it, how they're looking at what readily uh, convertible means. And if you read this description of readily convertible, it basically could mean anything. Uh, it talks about cost and how quick and what tools you need and how many parts it takes and, you know, are the parts readily available? Are the parts easy to find? And so that's one whole thing. And then the, the other thing um, that is coming down is this uh, pistol brace uh, rule change where they're basically saying um, that they're taking a pistol and converting it into a short-barreled rifle, which would be subject to an NRA, uh, excuse me, NFA tax. And that is going to be delayed until January. That rule was supposed to come down until um uh, you know, today or this week, but it did not. 
Um, so anyway, that's something we got to keep keep an eye on. Um, and we talked about earlier all the stuff that's stewing around there. Uh, that that guy who was charged with um, unlawful possession of a firearm with an obliterated serial number. Um, he he did was found to be an unlawful uh, person in possession of a firearm, but they didn't charge him with the obliterated serial number part as a result of the Bruin case. Um, so that was one of the things. And now a bunch of people are writing amicus briefs hoping to save the serial number requirement uh, because this is something that has uh, has long been kind of settled law, if you will. Um, the you know gun industry itself, if you're a manufacturer, you're required to serialize it as soon as it's like going to become a gun. Um, that is pretty early on in the process. When I was down at Nighthawk, we looked at um, these forgings that they got from uh, Smith & Wesson. And I know in the first pass of cleaning up these forgings, they put serial numbers to them. It was pretty quick, um, right to where the serial number is on the gun. So um, it was it was pretty interesting. And so when this judge um, in West Virginia, this federal court in West Virginia, issued a ruling stating um, that you know you couldn't be charged with obliterating a, a, a serial number because of this Bruin case, that it was never in the text history or tradition to have serial numbers on guns. Uh, that Serial numbers do go back that far, but they weren't required. They were never required, and they were um, just, uh, you know, never a thing. Uh, and so he's like, I can't enforce, a, enforce that. So... That's pretty interesting, and now there's a bunch of people up in arms about it. Um, the District of Columbia was joined by 20 state attorney generals in this amicus brief uh, by Every Town for Gun Safety. Surprise, surprise, Brady and March for Our Lives. Surprise, surprise. Um, and uh, anyway, so uh, that's something we're keeping an eye on as well. But uh, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license yet, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes including ladies-only classes and a couples class coming up in January. So you want to go to capegunworks.com and sign up today, and you'll be able to get your license to carry. And we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect no matter what you trust it with we've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards security is at the forefront of our thoughts so no unwanted guest the vt10i provides multiple quick and simple access points including high resolution biometrics backlit numeric keys key entry and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. 
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Don't forget to go to rapidfireradio.us and sign up to win. Last week's winner is Ashley S., who has taken home the case of Prime Nutrition Energy Bars. And this week's winner could be you. If you go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down and enter to win, you could have the first edition of the Cape Gunworks Morale Patches and the 2A uh, Talk Radio Rapid Fire Patch. So there you go. Um, Those are the first edition coming out. So anyway... (laughs) Uh, so let's see. Um, don't, and also don't forget about our poll, which is, uh, over at Twitter. We have, um, rapid fire radio, just all one word on our Twitter page or go to rapidfireradio.us and vote in our poll, which is what motivates you to buy a gun, civil unrest, new proposed gun control for collecting purposes or other. And currently we're still, uh, other is far in the lead uh, at 75% and for collecting purposes is 25%. Um, I would say that civil unrest would also be for self-defense. Like if you're buying a gun for your primary self-defense, that would qualify under civil unrest, not other. So if you're thinking about voting and you say, oh, for self-defense, I think that goes in the civil unrest category. Maybe we'll edit that so it's civil unrest slash uh uh, self-defense, but anyway, uh, I'm getting the head shake that we can't do that. So, uh, we have to delete it if we do it. There's no editing on Twitter. I forgot. So anyway, you're stuck with it, but go by my explanation there. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, we're going to get to the chat here cause I want to make sure we leave plenty of time with it in the first hour. Um, KP was saying he had a wonderful Christmas and he got a new gadget for his pistol and uh, to help him train, and he got a semi-auto 12-gauge shotgun for Mrs. KP that he bought at our shop. And uh, he's looking for a Mesa Tactical underbarrel flashlight to mount to it. So that's good. Um, and 500 says that he wishes more women in the 2A community uh, would get involved. More women would get involved in the 2A community um, because uh, he thinks that they are the ones that could have some of the biggest benefit to owning a firearm for defensive purposes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, I think women who end up realizing that, you know, they might be at a size and uh, disadvantage against, and I think it was, uh, it was uh, Bill Whittle who pointed this out, and I loved how he put it in perspective, was the whole gun control argument can be boiled down to, does a 70-year-old woman have a right to defend herself against three 200-pound attackers who are athletic, violent men? Do they have a, does she have a fundamental right to defend herself against that, uh, those three men that would want to do her harm? Oh, my. And... I think that really is the whole gun control argument in a nutshell. And that's what our founders recognized was it was God who gave us the right to self-defense. And they're just acknowledging it. And they were the first world government to, uh, or first government to holistically uh, acknowledge it and say it is the most basic human right 
the right to self-defense. And if your adversary has, uh, you know, a, a firearm or a weapon, what is going to level the playing field? What's going to level the playing field for that 70-year-old woman who might not be as strong physically or as imposing physically as three 25-year-old, 200-pound beefcake men who are in their prime of life and wanting to take out their very selfish and hostile and violent agenda against said woman. Well, the great equalizer, right? Um, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, but tell us what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. Uh, that's 508-444-2120. Um, so weigh in, let your voice be heard. And, uh, Um, all right, back to the chat. Uh, 500 says ATF is back at it again, uh, looking to screw us all over anyway. Um, yeah, that is true. And you know what? Jared from Guns and Gadgets had a very good video on this earlier today, and I, I watched it, and uh, he makes a good point, and that is he knows his chat is going to be blown up that ATF is making all these rule changes and they aren't legally able to do it, especially in light of the West Virginia versus EPA decision from the Supreme Court this past summer because um, that that's a whole, you know, that's a situation where a three-letter agency was changing regulations, which is Congress's job to write and make law and uh, legislation, and then they task these three-letter government executive agencies with enforcing the laws that they create. That's exactly where ATF stands right now. They're tasked with enforcing the law that Congress creates. But the problem is Congress has outsourced a lot of their power to um, to these three-letter agencies. And for years, they've let them get away with changing the law by calling it regulation uh, and say basically, oh, through regulatory changes, we're changing uh, you know, the way we enforce these laws. The problem is the implications of what they do can change your life. It can mean you get arrested. It means you go to a government-controlled uh, cage and you get your three squares a day while you're wearing some special uh, uniform and you don't get to go outside and see your kids on the holidays or their birthdays or anything else. You get to <clears throat> spend every holiday and birthday and special anniversary and event in a government cage if you violate these regulations. So that's why they don't have the power to change them because that's Congress's job. But they've done it for so long, they feel like they can get away with all of this, and everybody goes along with it. It says, oh, yeah, you violated um, the agency rule change. Uh, look at what's happened through history. Um, we had something called the Hellfire Trigger, which was kind of the bump stock or the, or the uh, binary trigger earlier or the rubber band that would bump fire your gun. But basically it was just... Um, a novelty item that was sold. And a guy named David Koresh had a Hellfire trigger. 
and he was a not a government sanctioned religion down in Waco, Texas, and he was shooting uh, this bump fire hellfire trigger, and they thought he had a machine gun that he wasn't paying a two hundred dollar tax on, and hadn't registered it with the federal government, uh, the said agency, that three letter agency um, that regulates such things. And so they paid him a visit in a very hostile way that resulted in hundreds of people people being burned to their deaths. Um, we had a similar situation with um, Randy Weaver, who was compelled by an undercover agent or confidential informant to cut a shotgun barrel less than 18 inches, which was a violation of said regulation and Therefore, they descended on him with the hostage rescue team and uh, a sniper named Lon Hariuchi, uh, which ended up shooting his wife in the head while she held her newborn baby in her arms. Uh, Randy Weaver's son was shot in the back. Uh, the dog was killed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the the real world implications of these rule changes are catastrophic or can be catastrophic. And there's 60 million estimated, or 40 to 60 million pistol braces out there on pistols that could all of a sudden, overnight, become a short-barreled rifle that you haven't paid a $200 tax on, that you haven't registered with the federal government, that you haven't asked permission to leave the state with. And this is something that could happen in the very near future. There's rule changes to these uh, home-built firearms that were never required to have serial numbers, that were never uh, thought of as a complete firearm if they were sold with a kit or if they were sold with parts or they were sold with the tools to complete them. And now all of a sudden, they're changing the definition of readily assembled and how long it takes how quick it takes, you know, how long it takes you to finish them, whether or not it comes with instructions or tools, whether or not the parts are readily available online. Uh, And this is going to leave potentially millions and millions and millions of people in violation of this new ATF rule change, which is going to, it could lead to catastrophic consequences, life-altering catastrophic consequences. Uh, for people. And that's Congress's job. But these government agencies, um, they operate as if they are the judge, jury, and executioner. They operate as if they are judge dread. And uh, they're not called into question. They're not held accountable. Uh, they they do their thing and they uh, get increased budgets in these omnibus spending bills. And they're allowed to continue to go out and uh, wreak havoc upon the unsuspecting law-abiding, responsible gun owner. So there you have that. That's my little soapbox moment. But anyway, remember we're also moving Rapid Fire to a podcast-only show in the new year. Uh, You can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. But we will be off the airwaves soon on the radio. It's going to take a little while, but uh, we're going to move over to that podcast-only format anyway. But tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Sign up for an email alert. And we want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for listening. And this week's Rapid Fire discount code is SNUBNOSE. So if you use this week's code SNUBNOSE at CapeGunWorks.com, 
you'll get a very special discount off your entire order at capegunworks.com. Not to mention, any order over 300 bucks is free shipping. So we're still running that until I get sick of it, but we're doing it, and uh, we'll see how long it lasts. But for now, you get free shipping on any order over 300 bucks, and don't forget to use your discount code SNUBNOSE. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Remember to use code GOW for the gun of the week. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the gun of the week button in the banner to get the gun of the week. And what is the gun of the week, you might ask? Well, this week, it is this beautiful Keltec KS7 12-gauge shotgun in a very limited cry-precision multi-cam pattern. Uh, This is a very unique gun. I have sold these guns in just about every color of the rainbow, but this is the first batch I have ever got in the multi-cam pattern. I love the cry-precision multi-cam. I think it's one of the uh, coolest uh, camo patterns to come out in a long time, Uh, and it certainly makes you look very tactical if you you wear that, uh, any of the multi-cam patterns or have it on your guns or whatever but that isn't the reason i like it i just think it's a cool looking uh camo finish and this is a beautiful two-tone the metal parts on the gun are blued or black parkerized and then every other part on the gun is multi-cam so this uh ks7 speaks the universal language that everybody understands so (laughs) that's what a lot of people who love 12 gauges for that for that reason it's like some ASMR, gun ASMR here. Uh, that's the 12-gauge racking sound. If you don't know what that is, uh, you've been living in a hole in the ground or under a rock for a long time. But anyway, this uh, KS7 is kind of a, a variation of the KSG, which has two feed tubes in one barrel. Um, this one has a single feed tube in one barrel. So uh, they changed out some other stuff on it as well, like... Um, it has a carry handle on the top and a fiber optic front sight, um, so it's real easy, quick and easy to get um, some, you know, uh, a sight picture on this gun. 
It's still a bullpup design like the KSG. Uh, it has plenty of M-lock attachment points in the carry handle and on the pump uh, hand, hand guard, if you will. Uh, also on the side of the pump hand guard along where the, uh, the side of the pump that you know, comes down along the side of the action or the, along the side of the barrel of the gun above the, the grip. So you can put flashlight or laser or something like that if this is going to be a home defense gun. Um, so the other thing that's cool about the Keltec KSG and KS7s is they shoot the mini shells without any special adapter or insert or anything. In fact, mini shells were created to run in the KSG uh, product. So these run very well in the KS7 as well. Um, ergonomically, I think it's probably one of the most ergonomic uh, shotguns made, personally. Um, I think it has a great point of aim. It's a short overall length, and uh, the KS7 holds seven rounds, and I think it holds 11 of the mini shells, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a great way to go for home defense. Uh, you could put those mini shells with the four buck or the slug in there, and it would be awesome. Uh, great, or mix the two together. So anyway, the um, KS7 is a great gun. Uh, we love them. Uh, here we sell a ton of them. They're a great price point, and you're going to get a very special discount on it if you use GOW um, at checkout. Uh, we also have them in the store. So just mention you heard it on Rapid Fire if you're coming in to get take advantage of the gun of the week. So it's a fun segment uh, to kind of highlight some cool guns that we like around the shop. Uh, we see often enough, and that are you know mass compliant, obviously because we sell them here. Uh, but this is a pretty neat gun. Uh, if you don't have one, you should get one. And in my opinion, it's a very nice home defense bullpup shotgun. Easy to store away because of its compact overall length and uh, easy to accessorize. Plus, it shoots the mini shells. So you're going to want to get one, and it's a great price point. And this one has that cool cry multicam finish. So check it out. If you don't want the cry multicam finish, you can get this KS7 in whatever finish we have in stock but you should get the multi-cam because it's so cool but anyway uh, use code GOW for the gun of the week on rapidfireradio.us and we will be right back listening to Rapid Fire ammunition is 100 this is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're going to jump right back on the chat here. Um, don't forget to vote in our poll. Go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, find our poll, and vote. Or if you're on Twitter, go ahead over there. Make sure you hit the follow button. And uh, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word on Twitter. And uh, the 
question is, what motivates you to buy a gun? Civil unrest? New proposed gun control? For collecting purposes or other? And the poll is up to 57.1% still land in the other bucket. Civil unrest or you know, defensive purposes is 14.3%. New proposed gun control is at 14.3%. And for collecting purposes is at 14.3%. So um, we have to have a tie break on those other three, but other is still leading the charge by more than half. I fall into the collecting purposes at this point. I have my everyday carry gun. I have my home defense rifles. I have a home defense shotgun. And uh, so anyway, um, yeah, there you have it. Right now I'm in the collecting mode. And um, I don't have a vast collection, but it's 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 uh, it's far less than it used to be. I'm more into quality over quantity at this point. So I really have to, you know, put my nickels in the gun fund. And when it accumulates enough, I'll, I'll reach out and buy something. But anyway, there you have it. All right, right back to the chat. Um, let's see. Uh, edit the poll choices while the voting is in the process. <laughs> Sounds like a politician's request. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, G-Web says, our gun shops, ranges, shooting clubs, and collector groups all create an infrastructure that keep gun owning normal. So support these elements is also opportunity for each of us that value to a. I would agree 100%. I will say that most people lie about why they like guns. Most people say they have a gun for defensive purposes, um, but they very rarely take a training class on how to use that gun defensively, about what defensive mindset looks like, about what securing your property uh, defensively means, like having lights set up, locking your doors, having an alarm, having video cameras, uh, you know, that whole SEPTED uh, mindset of uh security through environmental uh, training. So, you know, cutting your shrubs down below the windowsills and making sure there's no dark areas where people can hide while they manipulate your windows or doors, uh, putting uh, extra security measures on your windows, et cetera, et cetera. This is all like what defense, self-defense really checks that box, right? But most people say, yeah, I buy a gun for defensive reasons, and then they carry it around, but they never really take training. They never get any uh, competent firearms training. I'm saying never because this is a very small percentage of the gun-owning community. I think it's actually less than 2% uh, take any type of formal firearms training outside of what's required of them to get their concealed carry uh, permit, um, which I don't consider defensive weapons training. So. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to be a gun collector. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be a, you know, into military or, um, you know, understanding the nuance or the period or the time of certain guns. Or sometimes people just collect a certain type of gun, like wheel guns or, um, you know, one of our contributors here on the show collected Saturday night specials. And I've known people who've collected 1911s. I know one guy who has... I think all, he's pushing 100 1911s. Um, that's his thing, you know. And I know other people who've collected jungle carbines. Uh, I bought an entire collection of them. So, um, yeah, he had like, I don't know, 20-something uh, 
Enfield jungle carbines. And it was just the jungle carbine. Like, why not the the rifle? Um, but anyway, that was his thing. I've also met another guy who collected M1 carbines. Um, he was a guy up in New Hampshire uh, that owned a f- another gun store and an indoor range. And he had over 5,000 M1 carbines. He had them from Korea, from, uh, you know, he'd buy them back from all over the world because uh, the American military sold a whole, you know, the government sold a whole bunch to other militaries and they supplied their entire police departments and stuff like in Korea. But anyway, so whatever the heck gets you up in the morning and gets you buying a gun, I support. Um, but be honest with it. You know, if you really say, hey, my primary reason for owning a gun is defensive purposes, is for defensive reasons, okay, then instead of buying like that 18th gun, take the money that you were going to spend on that 18th gun and put it into a class and buy a case of ammo and buy a good holster and buy um, a couple extra magazines, buy a medical kit um, and, you know, put that all into practice and learn how to use it. That would be a much, uh, there's a lot more integrity to doing that if your claim is for defensive purposes, which, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's people who know how to, who improvise every day. There are those people who've never taken a training class and end up stopping the bad guy, ending the threat um, by improvising. But I don't believe that's the most efficient way to do it. I believe taking a training class that is, um, works well with what your body does naturally under stress is a far more efficient way of um, ending the threat than trying to make it up as you go along uh, without any formal training along those lines. And I really do believe that that part of the that I said about in a in a way that works well with what your body does naturally under stress is really important. That takes the whole game out of it. It takes the um, it takes the marksmanship paradigm away. It takes the competitive nature out of the out of the equation. So if you're thinking like by doing the IPSC or IDPA or USPSA, and I'm I'm offending a lot of people right now, that you're actually doing firearms training, you're not. You're doing firearms gaming, which is fine. It's cool. It's awesome. It's fun. It's a it's another thing with a gun it's a sport it's and it's worthwhile to do um but it is different than firearms training so that's that's my point is take a class that works well with what your body does naturally under that worst case scenario that uh that that threat that counter ambush moment um anyway that's what i recommend Cool. Uh, let's get to a couple more of your questions here. Uh, let's see. Uh, someone was asking a question about the Polymer 80, and I don't see the original question, so I apologize. I don't want to just... Um, G-Webs points out that SHOT Show is our entire industry and buildings for four days. The opportunity is much larger than just seeing the new product lines, although that's great for that too, of course. Um, yeah, and, and that's a, as a res, uh, 
the reason he's bringing that up is because I was saying, I still haven't bought my tickets yet or booked my hotel and all that, which means it's going to cost me a lot. But I, I am 99% going. I just, uh, for some reason, I haven't bought my stuff. So anyway, uh, let me know what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, G-Web says, my answer, we fight for ourselves. The national and state orgs are tools we have available to us, but they are not the fighters. We are. We need to be active in local and state levels in many ways. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, And KP mentions uh, that people can use Amazon Smile to donate to GOA as a percentage of your purchases. I had no idea about this until recently. No doubt about it. That's a good use of your Amazon Smile account. No no question about it. Uh, that's Gun, o- Gun Owners uh, of America, GOA. So uh, Krabby says some 2A orgs have legal departments that you can support directly to. True story. Um, community is a solution, being active and participating in conversation, attending rallies and gun shows. We all participate in the resistance and awareness that inoculates us from political attacks. Amen to that. And, uh, all right, so here we go. <laughs> Davey says all serial numbers on P80s should start with uh, F-U-A-T-F-1. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, we'll see what happens, man. It's it's uh, one of those things that's going to, again, clog up our court systems for a little while and cost a lot of money to litigate and see where it all ends up. Uh, our gun shops, ranges, shooting clubs, and collector groups all create an infrastructure. Oh, I already said that sorry um let's see uh i think cgw is a great equalizer well thank you billy we appreciate that uh was the tavor seven on the rack in the got gun uh, of the week video today yes it was you're very observant davy that was a od green tavor seven on the rack um so go ahead and give us a call if you want that um i believe we only have one um, so yeah, that the good eye, good eye, kid. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I've been waiting on building the dark storm typhoon pistol till I see the ATF BS rules. Well, you can build it. Just, you don't have to put a pistol brace on it. You could just put a buffer tube on it. That's not going to change, you know? Um, so you don't have to wait unless you just absolutely have to have either a stock or a pistol brace. Um, but there's advantages to having the pistol version of it, um, if you ask me. So, are you going to get any Bond Arms Derringers to try before you buy the 45 uh, Long Colt 410? I believe that that's the only caliber legal for sale in Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken, is the 45 caliber Long uh, Long Colt and 410. Um, and we've had them. I've never done a try before you buy with one. Um, I'm afraid that if you try it, you'll never buy it. So <laughs> they're probably pretty rough to shoot. They're a big honking uh, recoil. But anyway, if you like that kind of thing, you're going to buy it. If you don't, you probably never are. Um, let's see. Also, they're making these changes to policy enforcement because of political agenda, not a real motive like more crime or a well-thought-out solution. These are politically motivated. I would agree 100% with that. Um that is 100% true. So, uh, But thank you guys for listening to the first hour in the bag. The two, uh, remember, the show ends here, but it goes on for another hour. So 
Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Call or text the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community and be an advocate for responsible gun ownership. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. We have Dan Waz next. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything he worked for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. 
Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And, excuse me, we're also on Rumble now. The Rumble cam is on, so you can like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Wherever you get your social media, we should be there as at Cape Gunworks. And uh, Rapid Fire Radio is also our handle that you can find us on all of our the typical uh, social media sites. Uh, one of the things I have failed to mention so far in the show that I just want to mention, uh, and it's a, in response to one of the questions on the chat, is that tomorrow night, Thursday night, uh, so if you're listening to this on the radio, you're going to be too late. Uh, but on 1229, uh, Thursday night, we have our mega member-only appreciation event. Uh, it's Thursday, December 29th. We're going to have free f- food, prizes, and, of course, special member-only deals. So come on in from 6 to 8 p.m. and join in. It's going to be awesome. And I already have one question is, do I need to be present to win, or are all members going to be enrolled in the? No, you have to come. Uh, it's a it's an event. You got to come and show up and and uh, participate. But you're gonna you're not going to want to miss out. We have some great giveaways. It's always a fun time to see everybody, and it's a great time to interact uh, with the staff and the and the you know some great deals to be had. Not to mention good food. So anyway. I'm really excited to have on the chat with us now on the video line here is uh, Dan Wass. He is a author and entrepreneur and musician as well as I'm sure a host of other things. Uh, he's been on the show before, but we're really happy to have him on in our new long format uh, kind of uh, you know second hour of the show. Uh, Dan, how are you today? Well, excellent. Thanks for having me on the show. I, I'm, I was looking forward to this and, uh, you know, talked about doing a kind of a long format and it gives us a chance to really dig into some of the stuff we want to talk about. Uh, so I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, whenever I've had guests on the show in the past, it's always like it could be the nine minute or the 14 minute segment. And it's like, let's cram as much in there as possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, sometimes you have only enough time to talk about one or two little, little items. So yeah, I'm really excited also about where, the, where the conversation can lead. And, uh, the funny thing is I was talking to Dan off the air saying, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we're going to just see where it goes. So let's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, let's, it doesn't matter. These conversations are always fun, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because when you do the when you do the short segment stuff, you know, like I just did a hit with Newsmax and and some of the other stations, and you have certain things you want to talk about, and you you almost have to boil it down into as much as I hate to say it, talking points, right? And to to get those little points across and 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 say the things you want to say. But with this stuff, we get to explore. So I don't care where we go with this. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So all right. surprise me. Cool. Well, why don't I? We do this. Why don't you tell everybody who Dan Wass is and what he does for a living and what you've done? I know you wrote uh, <clears throat> three volumes to uh, Good Gun, Bad Guy, and you can talk a little bit about that. Just tell everyone what it is you're up to, what it is you do and uh, how you got involved in this type of work. 
Well, okay, I'll try to give it to you in bullet points. But we, uh, you know, I I started out as a kid who, you know, my, my father was a was a gun owner, so he took me out hunting and target shooting, things like that. So I was around, you know, firearms my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't, wasn't scared of them or anything. We went hunting, and I wasn't very good at pheasant hunting, but um, I, I tried, and but I was just a kid. But anyway, so um, target shooting with his, with his revolvers was always fun. And then as I got into my teens and 20s, I started playing in rock bands. I eventually went on to, to you know, tour east, mostly East Coast stuff, uh, you know, big, big clubs, nightclubs and things like that in a couple different touring bands. So I played in rock bands most of my, you know, most of my life. And what happened then was not that the people were, were bad people, but I started, as I say, hanging with the wrong crowd. Some of them were kind of that anti-gun liberal type. Not all of them, but, you know, you start surrounding yourself with people like that, and you you kind of become your environment. So what happened with me was I kind of went Mm anti-gun for part of my part of my life. And, um, I started to believe all the nonsense, you know, I, like I said, I was raised with in a family with firearms, so I wasn't scared of them, but I started to develop almost a, almost a dislike for them because you hear all the negative stuff about guns and all the big fear campaign and all the, you know, trying to build hatred toward gun owners. And I started to buy into some of that stuff. I wasn't paying attention. I was a stupid kid. And um, it wasn't until, really wasn't until my wife and I had an incident, and I tell the I tell the story in Good Gun, Bad Guy, uh, but we were coming out of a late-night movie theater, and we had a run-in with this guy, and, um, you know, luckily everything turned out okay. We made it to the, to the car unharmed, but it was just enough for me to realize in that moment that, you know, I was unable to protect my wife if, if I needed to. Mm. And in that moment, you know, sometimes we have these moments of awareness and, and I realized that the way I was thinking about firearms and self-protection and all that stuff was wrong. It was this kind of liberal ideology that had kind of made its way into my thought process. And I was embarrassed, number one. But I told my wife in the car that night, I was specifically remember, it's one of those things you'll never forget. I remember putting the key in the ignition and and telling her that I was sorry. And she said, what are you, what are you apologizing for? You have no reason to be sorry. You, you didn't do anything. And I said, yeah, I know. But, you know, if this situation had, had escalated, I don't know if I'd have been able to, you know, protect you. Mm. And it was very shortly after that that I said, you know, I'm getting a gun. And everything opened up for me then. So right. I started, and I wrote an article about that night. And it got picked up by some websites and it started, you know, taken off on the internet. It was called the fear of guns. And I remember that article becoming the first chapter in the good gun, bad guy book. And from then on, it was a matter of intense research and really starting to become aware of all the propaganda and all the fake narrative and all the anti-gun rhetoric and all the stuff that's out there that is out there to condition people to, like I said, fear guns and even hate gun owners. And as I started to dig in, I started to really understand it and really see it for the first time. So it was kind of like an awakening. Um, And ever since then, I have been probably the strongest advocate for Second Amendment rights 
and gun ownership that you will ever meet. Mm. Uh, it completely changed me. Well, so that's where I am now. That's that's quite interesting, and the way you <clears throat> you teed that up for us conjures up a lot of my interactions with people who don't like guns, but they don't know why they don't like guns. Yeah. It's just because of their cultural, um, you even use the word like liberal indoctrination, if you will. And that has traditionally been the the mindset that has been most hostile toward, toward gun ownership in general. And most people who find themselves in that category um, are making a giant leap of logic or leap of faith to a certain extent that by saying, if it weren't for the tool, then we wouldn't have this problem, which we know is nothing could be further from the truth, that evil exists and uh, crazy or evil people are going to prey on the people that they feel they have the upper hand on no matter what the tool involved is. People use all kinds of tools to accomplish that uh, that power over them. And I find it quite interesting that whenever I talk to somebody who is of that mindset, they don't understand why they don't like guns or hate guns or think you shouldn't have a gun. But when you break it down as explicitly as you just did and say, and we talked about this in the first hour, uh, when I had Bill Whittle on as a guest, he he really succinctly just said the whole gun control argument is lost these days by gun owners because they want to debate what an assault weapon is, high capacity magazines. They want to debate the nuance of collapsible folding stocks with bayonet lugs. But really what it comes down to is does the 70 year old lady have a right to defend herself against the you know, the guy who's trying to impose his will on them. And I think we talked about this the last time you're on, but, and you have a very similar situation with just that story. The most basic human fundamental right is the right to keep and bear or the right to self-defense, the right to protect myself against not being a victim. Like, and, and as soon as people see that, they, they end up, uh, they end up waking up a little bit. And that's been a mass awakening in our area, which does tend to be very liberal here in Massachusetts. Um, people come in and they look like a deer in the headlights in the store when they walk in and they barely get through the door and they start looking around and they're like, oh man, this is crazy. I've never been in a place like this. And you go over and you say, hey, how's it going? What, what's going on? You know, can I help you? Or, you know, what brings you in today? And they're like, I don't like guns. How do I get a gun? <laughs> but they're, they've been at this crossroad. They've been at this point where they understand the the concept of it, but intellectually they haven't warmed up to that idea yet, you know? Well, they don't want to be scared of guns, but they have been taught to be scared of guns. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing, you know, there's a couple things here. Once you, first of all, once you are able to, if you're able to admit that you were wrong, all the opportunities and all the options open up. But until you're able to admit that your thinking was wrong on a certain topic, you're stuck and you're locked in to to whatever your belief structure is. Now, we can change our beliefs and, and the media changes our beliefs. Advertisers, you know, marketing companies change our beliefs every day. This is why you're seeing a lot of the media be very persistent on certain topics. 
the vaccine, whether it's a vaccine or whether it's, you know, uh, the transgender stuff. They're very consistent and persistent because the more you push those ideas into the minds of people, the, the longer you do it, the easier it is to get people to accept those as truth. And not only accept things as truth, but accept, but, but take on the belief. So now you actually start to believe this stuff in your, in your, in, in your core, you know, at your core level. So that's what happens. That's why we see so much propaganda, uh, very consistent uh, in the anti-gun realm. And it's because there is a mission over generations to convince people that guns cause violence and that gun owners are reckless and dangerous and all this stuff. No, I I think you're 100% right. And uh, one of the comments on on the chat says that same thing. He said the middle 80% have a distaste for guns because the media spends more time and resources demonizing guns and gun owners and any legit gun use in a scale larger than the presidential elections, uh, like the Super Bowl and everything else, right? And uh, you bring up the, the length of time involved as well. I mean, there was no question about what the Second Amendment meant after the Revolutionary War and the ratification of the uh, Bill of Rights in 1791, right? That was settled law for a long time. Nobody yeah. like questioned it. And it didn't, it wasn't until like, you know, laws started to appear on books and they had to demonize uh, certain guns or certain tools or certain weapons. And, and now it's been a full on onslaught in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years of, you know, the way, the way people have been conditioned like you said it's like it's like the frog in the pot being brought up to a boil you didn't even know what was happening and all of a sudden yeah. you know now people are like i don't like guns <laughs> right and they don't but even you know will, what you'll you'll see some people turn around and it's it's interesting to watch the their transformation like like my story is is a perfect example but you'll you'll see people in the media like there's this guy named leo terrell i'm not sure if you're familiar with him but he used to go on sean hannity's show as a as a, a yeah. left winger and he made that transformation and you watch, you watch the transformation happening. And it's, it's pretty interesting because it's, it's, you get to a point where, you know, reality hits up against your beliefs and one of them has to take precedent. One of them has to take precedence. And when you let go of your maybe fear of being wrong because what does that mean about us if we have to admit that we're wrong? You know, some, mm-hmm. some people don't want to do that. It, it cuts to the core. Um, but when you're able to do that, if you have enough, I guess, self-esteem or you're strong enough to admit that you've been thinking about something the wrong way and you're able to just open up and say, okay, I, you know, I admit, I don't know, teach me. That's when it all changes, and it's 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 liberating. It's 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 fantastic because you you now have all di- a whole bunch of different options now at this point. So it's just unfortunate that a lot of people can't do that. Right? No, you're right. It's our human pride and our yeah. in, our most basic human nature is uh, to defend our position. Yeah. No, no matter yeah. how wrong we could be, even if other people see it and whatnot. And you're right. It takes a lot of intellectual honesty to say. Hey, I was wrong, man. I I've changed my, uh, I've had a massive paradigm shift about a particular subject or a particular item. Uh, you know, even within gun world, 
that's hard to do. Like people who already believe in the gun, you know, the right to keep and bear arms, and there, uh, there's Second Amendment paradigm shifts within the the gun culture sure. that that's hard to do. But um, to, <clears throat> to do it about something as fundamental as firearms, that if you're if you're adamantly against them one day, to wake up one day and and all of a sudden have a change of heart, usually it's a life changing event. Um, and some people. It doesn't have to impact them from a uh, you know victim type of situation. It could be just you know the, the onslaught of the the COVID pandemic, which all of a sudden they're talking about letting criminals out of jail. They're talk they already have these revolving door uh, soft on crime policies in a lot of these inner cities, yeah. and they're not prosecuting uh, violent criminals. And yet they want to take your gun away or take away your freedom to defend yourself. And then, you know, they're, you're losing your job or you're, uh, you know, there's people <laughs> starting to loot and rob and steal their civil unrest or whatever. That can be it. It hasn't quite affected you yet, but at least you've had that, uh, that example of, oh, that's why we have the right to keep and bear arms. But well, then, um, yeah. 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 And that's true. And that's definitely true. But you, you brought up another another thing that made me start thinking is that, you know, you said something like uh, you need to have that situation where you, you, you change or something needs to happen in your life. And that's what happened to me, but and it was just enough. It's not like it was a, a real violent uh, attack or anything like that, but it was just enough to make me realize that I, that I was thinking about things the wrong way, mm-hmm. but, but go back to 2020 when we had all those left-wing riots going around, around the country. And if you notice by the second half of 2020, gun sales started to skyrocket, and we were monitoring that stuff, and I was writing articles about it, um, and we noticed that the majority of people buying guns at the end of 2020 were first-timers. Right. In other words, people who never bought a gun before. So this was telling us that, well, you know, these people um, – obviously, they were, they were never gun owners before. A lot of them were going in saying – I, I want to buy a gun. And they were expecting to walk out with a gun that right. day. And it was hysterical because, you know, the gun shops would be telling them, well, hey, you know, you, you can't do that. There's a process here. Um, you know, and, and ironically, you know, this is what you voted for, you know, because typically a lot of these people were coming from the cities. And you have to you have to assume that a good portion of them were the liberal progressive types. But they realize that, you know, they're living in these cities while the cities are getting burned down, sometimes buildings are being burned down with people living in upstairs apartments. And they, they realize that, hey, you know, this is a time when, it, when even, even the so-called, you know, liberal, anti-gun liberal said, well, maybe it's time to start learning more about guns and actually getting one to be able to protect myself. Right. You know, so, so that was the ir- irony of it all. Yeah, I've long said, um, I actually gave a speech at an event a couple of years ago, and um, I said, I see gun, the Second Amendment, not just guns, but the whole Second Amendment, the whole intent of it, as a Trojan horse type of issue that can bridge the gap between the left and the right. And it can get people in a commonality. It can get conversations started. And even if you're dead set against guns, 
people want to talk about it. Like the, we, yeah. I do a radio show on uh, a local talk radio show once a week called Two A Tuesday on the Grace Curley Show, and uh, we take questions for forty five minutes. But the point of uh, of me saying that is it lights up the phone lines. People want to talk about guns, yeah. whether you're pro gun, whether you're anti gun, or you're somewhere in the middle. Um, the conversation needs to be had. And I don't think gun owners did a very good job of that 20 years ago. Like if we were very much in our echo chambers and we didn't have much of an outreach program to, to get people who don't believe and talk and look and act the exact same way as us uh, to join the gun club, to come buy a new gun or take them to the range and shoot. It was kind of one of those things that I, I thought was just a, you know, a, a liberal or a, or a Republican conservative issue. But I do believe that um, I've seen and I have really close friends who are, you know, very liberally minded uh, people that are staunch supporters of the Second Amendment. And um, so I, I think that you can get people on the bandwagon without having to convert their entire mentality of you know right winger like like we used to look at it in, in a certain way but um something to think about and ponder over the break but give me one minute here dan we're going to take a quick break if anyone wants to talk to dan you can always call 508-444-2120 or just type your question into the chat and i will ask them on your behalf the poll of the day don't forget about that what motivates you to buy a gun go to rapidfireradio.us and you can vote for civil unrest new proposed gun control, collecting purposes, or other. And you can also vote on Twitter, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. And we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire with Dan Waz, so don't go away. Carrying a firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word works your family safety and security is your responsibility go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word works to sign up for a uscca membership and get special training legal advice and legal protection you and your family need vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we're continuing our conversation with author Dan Waz. I appreciate you being here, Dan. And uh, real quick, I'm just going to bring up a question on the chat. Uh, G-Webs is asking, um, it's actually a question for both of us, but I'm going to throw it to you. And if we have time, maybe I'll answer it but they hear from me all the time so i want to hear what you have to say and it says uh you both go places and do interviews and get interviewed a lot so other than each other any best interviews or best shows or best two-way events that highlight 
what you did, you, some of your work in 2022. So was there any one interview or show that you did or something that well, stuck out? Yeah, I, I just did a recent uh, hit on Newsmax that we talked about uh, how New York is trying to ban toy guns mm. um, because it, really they're just trying to kill the gun culture right. uh, and they're trying to do it generationally. But um, you can go, you can search Dan Wass uh, Newsmax and you'll, and you'll find that interview. And I was also, uh, I also spoke in, in uh, North, North Carolina at a, at a event called rock the red. Mm. And I spoke with, um, with Lara Trump, uh, Mike Lindell and Roger Stone. And that was an awesome event. And there's also, if you go to my rumble page, um, you can go you just search good gun, bad guy on rumble. And you can see that speech. Um, I talked to, about a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of the propaganda stuff and, and a lot of those things. So I do, I do media hits probably two or three a day. And, um, so there's a, there's a lot of great conversations. Um, some of them, um, are, go really in depth, but most of that stuff you can find, um, on my rumble page. And so as a follow up to that, um, anything in 2023 that you're looking forward to or not looking forward to, uh, is there something big coming up? Is there an event or an interview or a show or, or something you're involved in that, uh, you're looking forward to? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to the shot show yeah. in Vegas, uh, in Feb, uh, no, this, oh my gosh, that's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be fun. And what I'm doing is I'm taking my co-host, John Chiara and Anthony D. So the co-host for the loaded mic, my, my web show, we're all going together and we're representing, uh, our, our web show loaded mic.com. Nice. You can, you can check that out. So that's going to be interesting. I'm not necessarily going there to, usually I'll go to these events to speak at them and mm-hmm. to be part of the event, but I'm just going there to experience this one. Uh, and, and, you know, hang out in Vegas and have some fun. So I'm looking forward to that. I always do, um, there's a lot of, every year I'll probably do about six or eight um, speaking events across, all over the country. Um, and I'm, I'm, I always look forward to those. Again, we'll probably be doing Rock the Red and the Gun Rights Policy Conference um, and a, a bunch of smaller state events. Uh, so, yeah. It, it, every year it, it keeps expanding every year. The, the, the number of events and the number of media that media hits that I do expands every year. It's really cool. I got to tell you, I got to be the luckiest guy on the planet <laughs> to be able to, to do this and have this much fun doing something that I, I think I feel is so important to me. So I, I just, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I feel really, really uh, lucky. I couldn't agree with you more on that front. Like, you know, they, the cliche of do something you love and you never work a day. And, uh, you know, I'm, it was funny. We were kicking it around, uh, before the show today, Brendan and I, my business partner, and I'm like, we haven't bought tickets to shot show. It's coming like a freight train down the tracks. And, uh, I don't have airfare booked. I don't have a hotel. I'm sure I'm going to be staying on a park bench at this point because there's not going to be any hotel rooms left. But, uh, uh, I'm like, we need to go. And it's been a few years since we've been. And, and, uh, so I am looking forward to going and I just, I don't know what the heck my problem is for, uh, you know, getting out and, and booking it, but well, that's going to be on my 
to-do list for the next couple well, of days. It's a, I, it's a pain in the ass to, to book that stuff. Right. I mean, it really is. It is. You, you're shopping for airfare. You're looking at hotels. You're trying to get these packages. You're trying to get these flights that don't have 10,000 layovers, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a pain in the butt. Right. So I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you for waiting. It's been a few years. I go to other industry shows twice a year, so I felt like a lot more business got done at these other industry shows that I that I do. So they were like a much shorter event, so more consolidated uh, use of my time, and I was able to just jump right in and do business rather than like wander the 14 miles of booths at SHOT Show and and finally see somebody I know then wait in line to talk to them and like get down to business. But um, I think I'm going for more of the same reasons you're going this year. And uh, we're going to, you know, go as a rapid fire representative this year instead of the Cape Gunworks side of the house. Lion dog face pony show. And so I'm looking forward to forging out some relationships within kind of the influencer space and the and the uh, kind of the two A um, uh, media space, if you will, than typically just the gun buying side of things or from the gun shop perspective. So that's the first. This will be the first time I'm going as more of a member of the media than. Uh, than a member of the gun industry, if you will. So um, I'm, I'm curious how that may or may not change the way I approach shot show. You know, it's, it's going to be, and I'm not interested in going just to be another guy who's like, Oh, here's the latest pistol from SIG and it's awesome and it's different and exciting. And uh, (laughs) it shoots the same bullet that the other gun shot, but does it, better so that's not really the the side of that i'm going as the media side of things so i'm actually trying to figure out what i'm going to be when i grow up so part of that yeah and part of that uh experience is probably my journey through 14 miles of booths at shot show so we'll see how it goes i have contacts and you know people i'm meeting when i get there so uh, it should be interesting but uh it's been a few years since i've gone so it's it's like one of those all right Time to go. You say every year you're going to go, and you don't. So now I'm going to go. But. Well, I, you're in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in New York. So if for nothing else, we get some decent weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get to hold guns that are legal in free states. So yeah, right. <laughs> one of the guys on the chat was like, "Oh, it'd be torture just going and seeing all the guns you can't own in Mass." And I'm like, "Oh, I know, but." Um, we live in hope, so I'm hoping that a lot of these cases and, you know, as kind of the follow-up to that question about what I'm looking forward to or not looking forward to, um, I am looking forward to seeing the legal challenges to the mass-approved weapons roster make some headway in the court system. I don't think it's going to get all the way through the court system in 2023, but I'm hoping it has some initial days in court and starts to you know see the light of day so we can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel if you will of um and that's been the most exciting thing for me in 2022 the highlight of 2022 was the new york state rifle and pistol v Bruin case i mean i I, it's a hard one to beat right that landmark decision so um I, I got to agree with you on that one. I, I think that has been the highlight right. with respect to, you know, gun rights stuff. 
um, that was, you know, that, that was pretty amazing. And watching the battle back and forth, it's still going on with appeals and, and, and trying to get injunctions and, and, and all sorts of different court uh, decisions. But the best part, and I'm, I just wrote an article on uh, Ohio, uh, the state of Ohio is suing uh, the city of Cincinnati um, and they're using Judge Clarence Thomas's historical tradition piece that was in the Bruin decision. And they're starting to use that as precedence now in lawsuits mm. moving forward. So this is going to be really cool to watch all these gun laws have to defend themselves. These states have to defend their gun laws against historical tradition right so that's that's going to be fun moving forward yeah and it's also going to be very interesting what happens when the lower courts snub that decision which has started to happen we see it with with uh what's going on in new york with the whole hokel and can you know concealed carry improvement act Uh, has it improved your life any in (laughs) new york (laughs) um so you know these are state governments and tyrannical uh, government officials that are basically saying, yeah, we heard you, but we don't care. Yeah. You can take that and shove it where the sun don't sign. And now the ball is in justice. Sotomayor's court right now, as it relates to that concealed carry improvement act, um, because it's been challenged by this uh, uh, Anton Antonic case, I believe is if I'm pronouncing it correct. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but, um, they basically have to rule or ignore it if, um, if, you know, they're snubbing the, the Supreme Court decision. So what's going to happen? And it, the ball's in Sotomayor's court because she kind of heads up the second, uh, circuit court of appeals. And so she's going to decide whether or not to hear this case or not. And a lot of people are very optimistic that she will uh, take the case. But if she doesn't, they can appeal under these emergency guidelines to the to the larger court. It doesn't have to go through her. She's just the initial um, bite at the apple. But if she dis- snubs it and says, well, we're not going to hear this, uh, then they can reappeal to the, to the court under this emergency guideline. So it's going to be interesting what happens to the lower courts who do end up acting in bad faith in response to the Bruin decision. Because yes. I know there's a lot of them that want to. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, there's also other ones that have have done very well and acted quickly to, uh, to, to get, the, get the court things right. But um, anyway, well, tell us what you think. 508-444-2120 if you have a question for Dan. You can jump on or you can just type it into the chat and I'll ask it. Um, Dan, what? Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your book? Um, the You've written three editions now, right? Uh, bad Gun, I mean, sorry, Bad Guy, Good Gun, or Good Gun, Bad Guy. Uh, yeah, it's the good, it's good Gun, Bad Guy. Yeah. And this is the series. It's a three-book series. Uh, I don't know if you can see. I don't know if you can see that. Let's see here. I'll put it like this. It's a three-book series, and um, <clears throat> like I said, 
you know, I originally wrote uh, an article that turned into the first chapter of the very first book, Good Gun, Bad Guy. And what Good Gun, Bad Guy talks about is that anti-gun mindset. You know, we're talking about that, the way people think and about guns in America and, you know, how how easy it is for the media to manipulate people and change the way they think. And this book will help people understand um, that thought process. And as I always say, you know, either we can learn how they think so we can either help them or defeat them. And, you know, some of them can be helped, but most of them need to be defeated. Good Gun, Bad Guy 2 talks about um, the media's involvement. How does the media do this stuff? Like, what are some of the tricks? You know, if I say, you know, I'm loving it, you know I'm talking about McDonald's. If I say just do it, you know I'm talking about Nike. When you use terms like gun violence and assault weapon and weapons of war and Wild West and ghost gun, you know, all this stuff is created for a reason. It's not just, just doesn't happen. They sit around and they work this propaganda up and they, and they have study groups and they, they know what words to use that will be effective on the human brain, on on the culture. Um, This book will help you understand more of that. Mm. What's going on with the propaganda. And then the third book, good gun, bad guy three, uh, talks more about the um, the politics behind it. Why are they doing it? Like, what's the end goal? <laughs> what happens when citizens are disarmed? And why is government behind this stuff? And why are they supporting this type of behavior? And and what's the end goal? So that's the book series, and I hope everybody gets a chance to read it. Uh, it can also be there's also the audio book version of the first book on, at Audible. Um, so. That's basically what the book series is all about. And I, I also write for Amelant, so I'm constantly writing articles and trying to keep people updated on Second Amendment, you know, you know, legislation and things like that as well. Yeah, and in like you said in that second book, um, I've noticed a big narrative shift in the media in the last year or so to they don't even talk gun control anymore. Now it's gun safety. Oh, right. Yeah, so now that's the buzzword these days. It's gun safety. Because who's against gun safety, Dan? That's just it. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's in favor of safety. No one wants to see anyone get hurt. This is all just a, you know, we're just concerned for your safety. And, (laughs) and And I've long said that if you take the logical conclusion of gun control and apply it to anything else, we would boil life down to we'd all live in a padded room with no and would use a spork, you know, a plastic <laughs> spork. Plastic spork. Yeah, to eat and would have like applesauce and, and, you know, foods that go down easy without a lot of chewing involved. Because that's the logical conclusion is, you know, and especially with this new narrative shift of gun safety, it's, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to keep everybody safe. But, okay, well, then apply your logic to cars, and no one would drive, and you would never sell another car again because the potential of somebody using that car for evil, not to mention all the people who get in accidents, car accidents are far more common than gun accidents. 
right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The numbers are the accidental gun deaths is minuscule. Right. And I don't even know. I, I don't even know how they get the nerve to talk about it as a, as, as an excuse or a justification for gun control. Right. Um, it, it's minuscule, the accidental deaths, but, but the, you get, you see, there, there's two different types of people. I, if I can generalize for a minute, <laughs> You have conservatives who are typically willing to um, give up their safety or take responsibility for their own safety um, in exchange for their freedom. In other words, freedom is the higher value. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have liberals, typically people on the left, who aren't willing to do that. They're willing to give up their freedom for a a perceived sense of safety. Mm -hmm. So... This is why the two, the two ideologies people gravitate toward one or the other. It's it one of one or the other will appeal more to us on an intellectual level, and um, you know, and and then once you get over there on the left, there's a whole bunch of propaganda and stuff that you must consume. It's part of the deal. And you're consuming that stuff every day. And what that does is it helps you stay there. It helps you become dependent of that ideology. Mm. You, it, it's scary for people to leave. You know, it, like, for example, the way people think about guns, you know, if you ask any conservative, you know, what's the purpose of a gun? They'll tell you, aside from hunting and target shooting, the purpose of a gun is to protect myself, protect my family, and ultimately preserve life. It's a self-defense device. Mm-hmm. It's a life preservation device. But I challenge you to ask any any liberal, um, aside from maybe the few who are gun owners, but the majority of liberals, you ask them what the purpose of a gun is, and they'll tell you that they think a purpose, the purpose of a gun is for killing people and committing acts of violence. So it just shows you the mindset and the thought process of how we think about things differently in this country. And those two thought processes gravitate toward, you know, that political ideology that suits them. Mm. Well, well, you know, along those lines, there's something else that's at play. And, you you know, you mentioned that they think that the gun is designed to kill people or to, you know, cause death or whatever. And, yeah, I would agree with that statement on its surface. And the the point of that, though, is also that they're, they're willing to tolerate a certain amount of that killing or a certain amount of taking human life for the right reasons. So that's what gun control uh, fails to admit. It's not intellectually honest in and of itself, <clears throat> is that they're not afraid of guns. They're not against gun ownership they're just against gun ownership in privately owned hands in citizen hands they just want a concentration of gun ownership in government hands and police power hands in fact i had a conversation along the lines of this this subject with somebody who self-identified as a very uh liberal uh person and felt that you know, they were fine with people having a single shot or a pump action or a uh, bolt action rifle, but nobody needs an assault weapon, right? And then I said, okay, but what about Ukraine? 
because I knew that this guy was a big supporter of Ukraine. And I said, they're handing out real assault weapons in Ukraine at the local police department. In America, where we actually allegedly have this freedom and right to keep and bear arms, we turn them into police departments and get an Amazon <laughs> gift card. You don't need an AR-15. <laughs> but if you go to Ukraine, you can go down to the local PD and get yourself uh, an AK-47, a legit, real, honest-to-goodness, full-auto AK-47 with no prior training, with no licenses, with no questions asked. Here you go. Go shoot the Russians. And <laughs> and I said to this person, "What what about that?" Well, I'm totally in favor of that. Yeah, they're totally in favor of that. Handing out AK-47s like candy on Halloween because they're confused. They've been politically manipulated to to think certain ways on certain things, and a lot of times those those beliefs will 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 you know hit up against, bump up against each other, and they don't know what to do. So in other words, you're okay with Ukrainian citizens having guns to fight off uh, bad guys and tyranny and all that stuff, but you don't want your own fellow citizens to have them? How does that make any sense? Right. It doesn't. It doesn't make any logical sense. But to them, it's all about how they feel and how they've been programmed politically. And you said something that I want to go back to, and you said, you know, they say things like nobody needs nobody needs an AR-15. Nobody needs to carry a gun around with them in public. And this is one of those subtle ways of indoctrination for anti-gun indoctrination. It's this word need. And what I've noticed is when they use that word need, nobody needs a gun, nobody needs an AR-15, whatever, there's an implication there that need should be a prerequisite to gun ownership. They don't understand that it's not the bill of needs, it's the bill of rights, and whether or not you think I need something is irrelevant. Right. Yeah, I love the uh, that whole argument because that, again, it doesn't apply to anything else in society. They right. just want it, they want to have that uh, kind of like some sort of uh, projected morality on you and say, nobody needs that. Why do you need that? Well, nobody needs a car. Nobody needs a car that goes really fast. Nobody needs, um, you know, a a minivan. Like, can't you get by with a Volkswagen Beetle? And, you know, so we're not a needs-based society here. We're, that's the, you know, we've never, we've never, uh, been a needs-based society. We're a freedom-based society where I need government to not tell me what I can and can't have because that's outside of their purview. They weren't awarded that power based on the Constitution. It was the power in the hands of the people, and we elect representatives to go do our bidding at in Congress in Washington You know, for a, a period of time. Uh, the problem is they get there and they sit on their... Uh, in their enshrined, uh, you know, houses of Congress or halls of Congress, and they think that now they are put there to tell us what we can and can't do with our lives. And that was never the original intent of our founders. No, no. And that whole idea that that they would bring need into the conversation, um, it just, it's so dishonest because 
those people you're talking about say, yeah, yeah, you don't need, why do you need that? Why do you need that? And there's this assumption that if I don't need it, I shouldn't have it. Mm. I don't even know where they're getting this idea, but they're getting it. And they actually believe that this is something that they can hang their hat on. (laughs) It's just not true. Just like uh, Biden recently said, I can't believe we still allow he was talking about semi-automatics or whatever, or his so-called assault weapons or whatever it was. And he said, I can't believe we still allow that in America. And I said to myself, I can't believe that you believe you have the authority to allow or disallow anything. Right. That's a scary thought. The, The idea that he thinks there's this allowing portion of the government, we, the people, will tell you, Mr. Government, what you can and can't do. This is the misconception. And what happens is it gets into the minds of people, and they believe this stuff. And that thought process ultimately ends up changing reality. Mm. And that's where we have to be careful. I agree with you 100%. I think we've lost. We're trying to claw that part of the argument back in the last few years, I would say, the last 10 years of being a gun owner, because I think that um, the the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, is a contract with the American people that limits the power of government. It is a one-way limit of power. It is not a two-way limit of power. It, it acknowledges that our rights come from God, our Creator, and that we just happen to write them down, acknowledging them. And thank God for that, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank God our founding fathers were thinking, and they wrote that down. Right. It was unbelievable that they had the foresight. Yeah, and that's what the word, the words they <clears throat> used were, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And that's the point that, like, they didn't even need to write it down because it was axiomatic. It was obvious to everybody. Um, and there were governments that thought rights derived from government. They just came from one, right, from England, which thought that they were the supreme power of the earth and could tell and tell you how to live. And what that sets up is this horribly tiered justice system where, you know, obviously there's one set of rules for royalty and then there's another set of rules for the gentry and then there's another set of rules for the people that were born into the right families and then there's another set of rules for the peasantry and the serfs and the and the servants and the slaves, right? Because that's where that leads to, that form of government leads to. But yet our our government and our founders were so brilliant that they actually wrote down the thing that was so obvious to mankind <laughs> and said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And they said that these rights are inalienable. You cannot attach them. You cannot put prerequisites on them. You cannot tether them to some other type of activity or condition or uh, you know uh, the, uh, mindset. You can't take them away. You can't... Uh, charge a fee for them and guess what here we are 200 and something years later and uh the people that sit in the in the halls because we've put them there think that they are lords over us and we're back in the early 1700s again or mid 1700s (laughs) and it's like holy smokes uh those who choose to forget history are doomed to repeat it right yeah 
Yeah, and I wonder if our founding fathers, you know, had that much insight or the foresight rather, and or if they had felt that they needed to write that stuff down because they had just been very intimate with British law mm. and they didn't like it. Um, so maybe they they realized or recognized that this could very easily happen again. Um, so let's just 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 for the sake of you know just for the sake of argument, fellas, let's write this stuff down. We'll call it the Bill of Rights or something. I don't care what we call it, but let's make sure we get a few things noted here. Yeah, um, I think so, they were. So these idiots who come along later, you know, won't won't try to violate the rights of the people like we just had violated our own rights. You know, oh, so hundred percent. I think they knew the depravity of mankind and and also yeah. knew that nature abhors a vacuum. So, you know, and they know that power corrupts, uh, you know, that people who get power, they want more of it. And we saw a huge demonstration of that in the last two years. You know, you get, you get these small people at school committees or, you know, at town hall or at, you know, local governments that have managed some sort of semblance of power and now can lord over you. And they don't like to surrender that, you know, they want to cling to that till the bitter end. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, so Dan, before we run out of time, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow your work, where they can buy your book, where they can see your, you know, if they can follow you on social media and everything else, go ahead and tell everyone where they can do that. Well, we've proudly just been banned from YouTube. My my show, The Loaded Mike, has just been banned from oh. YouTube, and it's been liberating. I got to tell you, um, now there's the, that fear of being banned is gone. We've been banned, so I'm proudly uh, promoting Loaded Mike over at Rumble. Okay, uh, LoadedMike.com. Great. Loaded Mike, M-I-C, like microphone. LoadedMike.com is where you can find my web show, um, the book series, which I hope everybody gets. Um, is at goodgunbadguy.com, goodgunbadguy.com, or you can search Good Gun Bad Guy on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dan. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again someday. Anytime. Yep. God bless, and thanks so much. You too. Thank you. All right. And thank you for tuning in. The show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. Give us a call, leave a text, or leave a message at 508-444-2120. And keep up the good fight. Support your local community and be an advocate. Put on a good face of responsible gun ownership in your community. Take someone new to the range. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire.